We are delighted that you're joining us for another podcast of Wake Up Align, and it is the podcast for chiropractors, where we get to talk about chiropractic, chiropractic lifestyle, and topics of interest. You can contact us through our email, and that is mailbag at amcfamily.com. Welcome back to Wake Up Align, the podcast uh, for chiropractors, where we talk about the chiropractic lifestyle and topics of interest to chiropractors. We're here to empower you, we're here to inspire you, and we're here to motivate you. We have just wrapped up a the first part of a motivating topic, Tom, for a lot of people, and that's marketing as they understand it. Uh, but you are bringing a, uh, at least you did on part one, you brought a depth and an understanding to marketing that goes far beyond just going out there and buying a bunch of new patients for a chiropractic office. Uh, we're going to quickly jump right back into this content because we have a lot more detail to share. But listeners, if you stumbled upon this one and uh, you missed the first part, go back into your queue, find the first part of this marketing discussion. You do not want to miss that. You're going to be um, kind of at a loss until you have that foundation of knowledge for this second part. So, Tom, I'll throw it over to you and let's get going. Well, again, marketing, the foundation of marketing is the word market. And we spent a lot of time diving, you know, dissecting that on the first episode. But you said something there in the intro that I wanted to expand on. See, buying a bunch of new patients. See, that's that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Most doctors or business owners think that marketing is about buying new business. And that's what I can't stand about. Like, you know, if I do get on Facebook or Instagram, which I try to stay off of that stuff, but <laughs> if I see it and I see some company that says, We'll get you 30 new patients, and if we don't, you don't owe us anything. Mm. Look, the, the problem, if, if new patients was the answer, right, then all you would ever have to do, if that was the answer, all you'd ever have to do is buy new patients. The problem is that the issue is what is the source of the new patients, and then what is the model of practice or the model of market Absolutely. That, that they're going to experience when they walk in the door. So, you know, marketing is not buying new patients. And I want to, now we want to talk about the source of our market. You know, we kind of hit that on the first episode about the model of practice and our, our mindset or our identity as a chiropractor. But I wanted to throw it back to you pretty quick this morning, uh, Dr. Shannon, because I want to, I want you to give the listener the perspective of what I covered in the first episode and how it impacted you in your own career, in your own practice. And then also, I mean, how many hundreds of practitioners have you mentored over the years and where have you seen this one transformation, this one key understanding market? marketing, scope of practice, or model of practice, how that's impacted you and others? That scope and model is really the, the unseen. It's the undercurrent that's you know, driving these ships uh, across the ocean. Right? You don't see that undercurrent 
happening, but it's powerful. And if you get caught in it, man, you're, you're going to be going five, 10 miles outside of your course because that undercurrent just takes you. That scope and that concept, that model of practice is the undercurrent that the chiropractor doesn't understand, but they're caught in. So I'm glad, so glad that you talked about that in part one and given us an opportunity to expand on that. As you talked in part one about how all this ties together and meshes in and layers, I was thinking of a recent conversation that I had with a, a colleague, and they were talking about a class that was held at a, a chiropractic school, uh, and it's one that I happen to respect a lot. I think they do a great job, especially when it comes to philosophy of our profession. But a particular professor, and I don't know who they are, what's the class that they teach, was advising the students who are getting close to graduation about pricing when they get out. And the recommendation was you want your adjustment to be around 35 to 40 bucks, an adjustment. And I about came out of my chair because there's no value there. So what I did was I took that model right? There we go with that word again. And I started doing the math. If I'm going to, as an average chiropractor, retain a patient for six visits, basically provide a mechanical band-aid, relieve some of their pain, and I'm going to be compensated $40 a visit for that work. I have a projected gross revenue for that new patient. And I'm sorry, folks, you are in a mission. You love what you do, but this is a business. You have to look at it through a business microscope. If I'm going to have a $240 potential gross revenue from my work with that potential patient, and I want to be economically viable in my practice, I want to be stable. I want to be secure. I don't want to be uncertain about my future. I have to target somewhere between, Tom, what, $25,000, $30,000 a month to pay all my overhead, to have money to take home to support my family. There's a, there's a certain finite amount of money that I have to get to so I can breathe easier, right? And I can have the stress come off of me. Well, if my gross projected revenue is $240 for that six-visit work on that new patient, the math says I've got to be averaging somewhere between 100 and 120 new patients every single month. Can you believe oh, that? Gosh. See, that's the model that that professor just cast on all those students. And, and that's I'm sure. So, yeah, that's Go so ahead. painful. Yeah, that's uh, so painful to even think about it because I mean, I'll throw it back to you. It's a question I just wanted to, which would you rather see? Dr. Mm. Shannon, would you rather see 250 maintenance visits or would you rather process 100 to 120 new patients? There is no doubt it's the maintenance side. No okay. doubt. Exactly. That's where the fulfillment and the enjoyment is. So I just wanted to share that. That, you know, I, I think that that professor's got his heart in the right place. I'm not, he's not trying to burden anybody with a bad concept. But here we have somebody who doesn't have an understanding teaching another generation and, you know, pouring into them bad stuff. So 
model concept of marketing, scope of practice. Where has this affected my life? What do I see in my mentorship uh, over the, the two decades? First and foremost, I see something that you can't buy. Contentment and fulfillment. See, as a practitioner, Tom, when I am actively engaged in my practice, rendering care to my ideal types of patients, and they're following my recommendations, and they're happy, and they're getting results, and they're giving me the feedback, and you know everything is going as it should, there's a level of peace and contentment in my heart that money cannot buy. I'm happy to go to the office. I'm excited about rendering that care. I'm enthusiastic every single day about what I do for people. And I'm, and I'm contented and fulfilled in that because I don't have pressure on my shoulders to perform the next day, the next week, the next month. Isn't that what we see, Tom, with those churn and burn type practices? where you're always constantly on the rat race. New patients, new patients, new patients. And that leads to burnout. I mean, this profession is notorious for burning out people with great hearts and great philosophies and loving, nurturing people because they don't want to be caught up into that that model of churn and burn and just constant, constant, constant marketing. So when I think about the, t- the subject that we're on and how this affects me in the day-to-day, I think of that contentment and I think of that peace of mind, that security in my future, that fulfillment that I am living the life and rendering the care exactly the way that I'm supposed to to the patients I'm supposed to be helping. And I have to tell you, in the mentorship world, when I'm working with those individual practitioners, uh, that, that contentment and peace, that wasn't unique to me. That's something that they crave as well. We have recently seen some, some doctors who came up into that other model, right, where they were constant new patient acquisition, constant, 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 could never take a break, could never take a vacation, could never take the foot off the gas pedal. And when they learn a new model, when they learn a comprehensive care model and a quality of care model, and the, they don't require those ungodly amounts of new patients every single month, what do you see? You see in their face the worry lines disappear. You see the smile return. You see their posture get a little bit better, and they're, they're holding their head up high. They're never going to go back to that old model. If you're listening to this and you don't really understand, let me, sh- let me lay it out for you. You've got a philosophy, you've got a technique, and you've got a business model that you want to work in in this career. Now, some of you have chosen these three separate entities, these three separate attributes, very deliberately, right? There are people who go after a specific technique because they fell in love with that technique, or they feel like that is the very best way they can render 
the type of care they want to render. For me, I really like the Gonstead work. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for those upper cervical practitioners because they are committed to that work and they get amazing, amazing changes with their patients. So you have technique, you have your philosophy, and you have your business model. And all three of those things have to be congruent. You choose your technique, right, deliberately. Maybe you just found one that, that you know, you were naturally good at. So that was the one you wanted to go after. Well, if your technique is, I'm an upper cervical practitioner, but your philosophy is, I'm not sure that this thing really works for visceral conditions. I'm not really sure that there's a chiropractic philosophy that I can get behind beyond managing some pain, well, we got problems because we have a practitioner who has a technique that is now incompatible with their own personal philosophy. So it's important that these two things line up and the third leg of that stool, their concept of practice. If I'm an upper cervical practitioner and I have a philosophy that I want to treat and really change people's lives, not just with their neck pain, back pain, headaches, but with the, the digestive issues and the reproductive challenges and the, the heartburn and the asthma and all the other stuff that we hear about in this profession. But my marketing is about pain, 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 and cramming a bunch of new ones in. Again, I don't have any congruency I don't have any congruency with my technique or my philosophy. See, that marketing, the scope that we're going after, we need to target those people who are looking for comprehensive solutions to their health care challenges, whether it be pain or whether it be something that they're not even sure a chiropractor has any business treating. Now, when that practitioner has these three elements in a state of incongruency, they're confused, they're frustrated, they're lost, and, and they feel like, I got into the wrong profession. They didn't get into the wrong profession. They have the right heart. They just have given no consideration to how these three areas of practice all tie in together. Right? And when they start getting these feelings of frustration and anger and you, you actually kind of see them at, the, at some of the state association meetings or, or CEU classes. These are the people who are, you can just tell in their face, they are at war with chiropractic because they feel like they bought a bad bill of goods in chiropractic school, right? All the things that I loved about this profession, I can't bring to fruition into my own practice. And it's not that they can't do it. It's that they don't understand See, that undercurrent is taking them up, and they have no idea that the model of their practice has to be congruent with their philosophy, their technique, and the type of marketing that they go after. That just creates the three blind mice scenario. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Right. You're blind on all three. You have no clue as to what Dr. Shannon and I are conveying here because you have no grounding right? So it's not even, it's like you talking about the undercurrent. Well, when you're blind on all three, it's like having an undercurrent pushing you in three different directions. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So you're really, that's, that's called, uh, for a guy that, you know, for those of you that are boaters like I am, that's called confused seas. Mm. If you ever get your boat into confused seas, you have no control, right? If you have a tide that's going out, I can maneuver to address that strong outgoing tide that's taken me into what's called a following sea or Anyway, I'm into seamanship here, but <laughs> when you get your boat and you go into confused seas and you see it coming, when the, that boat goes into those confused seas, it doesn't matter what you do with the helm. It doesn't matter what you do with the motor and how much thrust you give it. You have no control. And what you're saying is so, so true. That's why there's so much frustration and there's burnout. Is, and I'm, I'm mad at the profession because it's not providing me because you have no foundation. You're in a confused sea. And until you take those blinders off and really address those three, it doesn't matter. Back to the subject that we started on marketing. It doesn't matter how many new patients you buy. The new patient is not the answer. Now, eventually I'd like to, before this episode's up, talk about, okay, where are sources of new patients? But you got to get those three identities right first that you're talking you know, about. So let, let's talk about that a little bit more and give them an, an example. I love where you're going with the boats. So we have these three independent things that go on as undercurrents, your philosophy, your technique, and your scope of practice, your scope of marketing. Tom, you've been a, uh, around boats your whole life. You love boats. You love being on the water. Now, I've never had a boat. Uh, don't I have any desire to have a hole in the water, but more power to those who, of those. Well, I knew there them. was something wrong with you, Shannon. <laughs> Tom, have you ever bought a boat just because it had an engine? Didn't have a, a, a rudder, didn't have a build pump, didn't have, you know, the electronics. Have you ever just bought a boat because it was a hull and an engine? First of all, I would not obviously ever buy that, but I'll go one step further. I would never leave the dock on someone else's boat that didn't have some of those things that you just mentioned. See, there you go. See, because the engine is only one component, right? The engine that like the analogy that we're talking about, folks, you can have a thousand horsepower diesel engine on the back of that craft and it can be capable of propelling it through the water at amazing speeds with amazing reliability. But if you don't have the other components, it's not safe to be on that water. And if all you have is marketing churn and burn and a thousand horsepower engine, like driving patients to you, you're not safe either. Right. I was going to say that one of the most gratifying moments in mentorship to chiropractors is when they change their identity from I am desperate for new patients and willing to just sell my soul to treat anybody who walks into my front door. And they actually change to the person that says, I'm desperate to help people in need, but I'm not desperate for new patients anymore. And that's an amazing transformation that I get to witness and be part of because once they do that, now they stop thinking about the quantity of new people through the front door and they start thinking about the quality, right? And once you have a practitioner who makes that change from 
quantity to quality. Who is my ideal patient? How do I help the referrals find their way to my office? Once that practitioner makes that change, you can't pay them to go back to the old way. You can't pay them a million dollars a year to go back to a churn and burn approach because they hate it. And that's one of the most gratifying, that I, gratifying things that I get to witness and be a part of in, in my mentorship is helping the practitioner just through time and through you know, training make that change in their own identity. I see you over there smiling and nodding. Is there something you want to add to that? Yeah, you just said something that, that's it's so profound. Quantity, that mindset of quantity of new patients never produces quality yeah. new patients. Yep. But here's the irony of it. When you go through that transformation that you're describing and you're after quality and it's the quality of the scope of practice and so on, quality does produce quantity. It absolutely does. All right. So everybody pay attention. When you're in that desperation mode, quantity mode, it never produces the quality new patient or the quality of practice that you're looking for. But when you hit the quality factors that Dr. Shannon shared, it does produce quantity because then you've opened your scope of market of all the different types of conditions and care that you can provide. Now, all of a sudden, you're not after just neck pain, headache, shoulder, and low back. Now, you know, when you open that up, now there's a, there's a plethora of sources of just condition sources, right? What we're after is finding the right person. We want to be the right doctor for the right person with the right condition at the right moment. That's what marketing That's right. is. Exactly. Write it down, folks. You're trying to find the right person at the right moment with the right need or right condition. And then you have to have the right message delivered to them. And when you do that, that's why, that's why you can run the same ad. I'll call it advertising. You can run the same ad and month in and month out, when you find a good message, it'll produce a certain number of responses. All that's happening is that you happen to be finding the right person at the right time that month that had the right need that was looking for that right message. Uh, so that's why when we expand our quality or our market of care, all of a sudden there's more and more people in our community looking for that at any one particular time. So, and that at some point we can dovetail that into what we know, we know inside of the family as the town square concept. See, when you've got all those pieces in a place, that you've discussed, Dr. Shannon, now all of a sudden, it's just a matter of opening up the streets in your town square to let people walk down the street with those wider variety of conditions. And if, if you're wondering, for, for those listeners that don't know what the world I'm talking about, the town square concept, let me very quickly do this, and I'm going to throw it back to you, Dr. Shannon, because I can see you have something to share. But just take a large sheet of paper all right, and draw a one inch by one inch square block in the middle of that paper and name that your practice. And then like rays of sunshine, just start 
taken lines out from that square in all kinds of directions, lines of sunshine. And those are your sources. That's how many different ways somebody could find their way to your practice. One could be a referral, one could be screenings, one could be health talks, one could be uh, radio, one could be social media, on and on and on. And the idea is to create as many streets as possible. I think the record I remember as a good friend of ours was 282 streets. We right. figured out 282 different ways somebody could find his way right down from a, a stick letter going out to a patient after they've accepted care or a thank you letter. Mm -hmm. or There's all kinds of different ways that you can create that internal market. I'm not so sure we don't have another episode coming, Dr. Shannon, because we could talk about internal and external. But let me get to, real quick. The rays of sunshine are the, are the sources, ways they find their way to you, right? But if you look at a city map, you can zone in and see there's the county courthouse, there's the square, there's the streets going out. And then when you get out into the county, it's like a spider web, mm. right? And the spider web of streets, what are the, what's the spider web outside the main streets coming into town? The spider web is what you're talking about. Your scope of practice, your model of practice allows you to speak to a much larger audience out there in the spider web, right? It's a fantastic analogy if you really do that exercise on a piece of paper and you'll see that you probably, most practitioners that don't know what I'm talking about or have never ex experienced this or de developed this, you'll find that you have two or three streets, two or three sources. I get all my new patients from Facebook. I get all my new patients from this or that. Number one, that's a dangerous way to build a business. It is. That's a tough, what I would much rather have is 30 different ways, 50 different ways, 282 different ways somebody could actually walk down the street. And last but not least, before I throw it to you, Dr. Shannon, when somebody tells me, that's great, Tom, but I'm never going to do screenings, do I sit there and debate and argue? No, but I'm sorry. Some people don't get on Facebook. Some people don't aren't going to come to your health talks. Some people, it's only going to be because you were at, you were at that town and country fair, that show, that health fair, and that you fat, you were, you were the right person with the right message at the right time. And that's the only way they're coming in. So when someone tells me I'm not going to do screenings, I'm not going to sit there and argue with the wall. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bang my head against the same wall and get the headache you have. But I am going to make you on that town square example. I am going to make you go down to the bottom of that street where it connects to your practice. And you're going to put an X and say road closed. Because don't worry, no one's ever going to come to in your practice from a screening because you're not willing to go the effort because you made it about yourself and your own comfort rather than maybe I have to do it for the need of the community because that might be the only way I can connect with that person and get that message to them at the right time. And when people aren't willing to do screenings or marketing events because they don't like to speak in public, you've made it about yourself and not about the need of the community. Sorry, Dr. Shannon, got on my soapbox there. No, there's no sorry at all. That's a great soapbox to be on. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit on the tip of my tongue is what you, is something you've already referenced. And that is, the internal versus the external referrals. And I know we're getting up against the clock. Listen, 
this whole podcast could be a marketing podcast, right? That's how many, that's how, how broad this subject is. But, um, we have to talk a little bit about internal, external, uh, marketing and just kind of explain that to people. Didn't we just hear recently, Tom, that, um, there was a, a class being offered or some, uh, maybe a webinar to some students, uh, at chiropractic school. And they had no idea there was a difference between internal and external. And and I'll just give you a quick example of one that happened this week out of my own uh, mentoring roster. A uh, doctor who, is, who has an associate, this associate is now at the point where they are processing in new patients. So they're sitting down doing the consult and exam and all that sort of stuff. In their very first week of practice, you know, starting the patients from the very beginning, this associate who just graduated a few months ago had a patient leave after consultation and their examination, go to the front desk, book their next appointment for their report, and by the time that patient got home, the spouse had called the office and said, I want to make an appointment, right? Now, that practitioner, first week in full practice, just a few months out of graduating, they just did something that other chiropractors have never had happen in a full career, right? Now, that's the specialness of what we're talking about, but that's a, just a glimmer of the difference between internal and external. So, Tom, in, in the time that we have remaining, if possible, give a little insight, give a little clarity on internal and external marketing. Oh, wow. Again, that's a, that's a broad, broad subject, but I was at Sherman just recently speaking to, we did a student boot camp up there uh, just mm-hmm. a week or so ago. And in that process, it was just like, you know, deer in the headlight look of there's a difference between internal and external marketing, but internal marketing is generating the type of patient that almost every practitioner is looking for. I mean, this is what's funny is that there's a different quality. Remember we said quality produces quantity, mm. <laughs> All right? Well, even the sources that we do on the town square concept, even if you do those different streets, right? And you have to stop judging. Please, everyone, listen to me. You have to stop judging the source of the new patient once they walk mm. through the door. Amen. So it's what the, it's what they experience inside the the door of the practice, not the source of where they came from that determines whether or not they accept and follow through. So people say, well, I don't, I'm not doing health talks or I'm not doing screenings because, or because they don't produce good quality patients. No, they don't. You don't have a good quality experience for them to have when they walk in your door. We have to stop judging that because the reality is statistically, Dr. Shannon, we can show as mentors that doesn't come into play when you're structured internally correctly. But with that said, the best kind of new patient is an internal new patient because it's a referral. Now, there's two reasons why it's the best, in my opinion. One is there's already a trust factor established. All right. So when they come in referred, there's not a lot of, God forbid, if I use the word selling, because we don't have to sell chiropractic, get away from doing that. 
but there's not a lot of convincing. There is a level of trust that's already in place because somebody they trust referred them there. Secondly, another reason why internal is the best is because there's very little expense done to it, right? There is not a cost of doing that business. And again, you said it earlier, look, we are in a business. You have to look at it from that standpoint. So which would I rather have? Would I rather have 15 to 20 direct referrals a month? Or would I rather have 50 new patients that came from social media? I can assure you, almost every listener is like, oh, I'll take the 15 to 20 referrals, right? Why? Because there's already a trust factor in place. There's already a value. How about that? A value system in place. Respect level is already in place. You don't have to, don't always have to establish that. And yet there's no cost to it. That's a big one. The social media, I, I, I see these companies out there charging, it's ridiculous. They're charging $5,000 a month for social media marketing. Let me, t- let me give you an education real quick. There's no way that you could spend $5,000 in geo-targeting social media marketing for one individual practice. Right. It's, it's nearly impossible to do it because geo-targeting a practice is different than trying a regional social media platform. So you're getting burned with that. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, but the internal is, is a better quality simply because of the reason I just mentioned. From a business standpoint, there's no cost factor. And two, they're much easier, easier to convert because of the reasons I've already mentioned. Now, internal marketing. Internal marketing can be, there's a plethora. It's not trying to convince a patient to refer their spouse. There's, there's the components that are inside the AMC system that, we're aware, that you're aware of, Dr. Shannon, a lot of listeners are aware of. If you don't know what AMC system is, then there's, I don't have enough time on this podcast or any other ones to teach all those components. But there's a better opportunity for new patient acquisition inside the walls of your office than there's ever going to be externally. Because where are they going to learn more about who you are, what your staff is, what your mission is, and what, you know, what you're providing to the community. And the hope that you can provide and give them is going to be found in those four walls. And there's 10,000, maybe not 10,000, but you know what I mean. But there's a thousand different ways that we can do internal marketing, whether it's through PADs done properly, patient appreciation days, you know, condition of the week boards, uh, something called the CA, uh, what we call the CA checklist, which by the way, is just a horrible name. I need to come up with a better <laughs> word because the, I mean, that's a real, that's a resource that the staff, when they're properly educated and developed, which is another kudos to you with the uh, CA mentoring program, mm-hmm. when a staff is in line aligned with the mission, when they're educated, they're con- they're more confident to talk about chiropractic. If you're not based, you're more of a wellness practice rather than a pain model. The pa- the CAs can be trained, developed on that. They can feel confident to talk about all these various conditions. And I'm telling you, listeners, a a properly trained staff will get five times, quote me, five times the number of referrals that a doctor will inside the room, the walls of the treatment room. So the staff, because patients will talk more openly with a staff member than they ever will with the doctor. 
we don't have enough time to cover all the different ways that we can internally market, but we can understand why we would want to develop that internal marketing campaign. And I think maybe that's what you were looking for, Dr. Shannon. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, I don't know how to get those internal marketing patients and I've tried and it, it doesn't work in my area. Bull, you give us a shout, right? We got the mailbag, mailbag at amcfamily.com. At the end of this podcast, there'll be tons of ways to get in contact with us, but there is not one single market out there that doesn't have an avenue to get your message to your community. You've said that, Tom, ever since the first day I've met you, you say it consistently and constantly. It doesn't matter your market. Yes, some markets are easier than others, but there has never been a market that doesn't have at least one way to consistently and accurately get your message to people in need. Isn't that right? Correct. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought it up because you're right. Like Dr. Katie, she moved from a challenge to a five-star, but there is not one chiropractic practice out there that can say, I can't make it, I can't prosper, I can't survive because of a source of new patients. There's always at least one. Sometimes there's a plethora, but there's always a way. But if they, I'm going to go all the way back to what we've covered in two episodes. If they don't have the, you don't have the right scope of practice. If you, if you're still in the confused seas, right? And those undercurrents are fighting against you. That's, that's your battle, folks. It's not the source of the new patients. There's always a source and we, it, it will not fail you. So if you don't know how to do that and you don't know what we're talking about, then by God, that's, that's the reason you're listening today. Remember, right person at the right time with the right need, hearing the right message? Well, maybe that's you today. And maybe you just heard the right message and says, that's what I'm needing. Well, guess what? That's what we're here for. And that's what we're dedicated our lives for is to to the chiropractic profession and helping chiropractors. I love chiropractic. I do. I do love chiropractic. I walk the walk. But I absolutely am passionately in love with chiropractors and helping chiropractors live that life of abundance and that fulfillment and, and enjoyment of practice that they deserve. And on that, listen. This was a very powerful, exciting two-part podcast. So again, if you just caught the uh, second part here, please get to that first part. You will not be sorry that you did that. Uh, Contact us through that mailbag, right? We want your questions, your feedback. Uh, We want to hear your ideas on marketing, right? Marketing is an art. It isn't a science. So mailbag at amcfamily.com. And Tom? Thank you so much. This was a great uh, series of podcasts and uh, obviously a, a subject that you're passionate about. And uh, I was real glad that we went down this path together. I've enjoyed it. And if I can, I know we're wrapping it up, but can I give one quick shout out to somebody I'm so super proud of? I guess Doctor, you can, yeah. Yes, I'm going to do it anyway. Dr. Roberts. I don't know if you saw that, but just hit an all-time high uh, practice level collected just under $40,000. And if you knew, listeners, that the, what they, he's overcome both in uh, fear, which we've covered in other episodes, the fear of what other people think, 
fear of rejection, fear that he's not valuable enough, he's not worthy, he can't re- overcome in that. And then the challenges internally of the market, because again, is he in a five-star market? The answer is no. But is he taking it to a completely different level? Yes, all because of his commitment. He did have a line in the sand moment not long ago, and he is reaping the rewards of it. And I'm so super proud of him. I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Yeah, so outstanding. I, and I've thoroughly enjoyed these this, these episodes on these two. And uh, I, hopefully it's been a, effective and helpful to the listener. Well, I, I know it will. I know the, the mailbag is going to blow up with uh, positive feedback. So, uh, folks, thank you again for your time. Uh, we pray every single day that you will have a life of abundance and that your talents and what you provide to your community uh, will be shared in abundance to those people in need. Join us again next week for another episode of Wake Up Aligned. God bless. And one more thing before we go. If you're a chiropractor who's searching for a better way to build a more sustainable, low-stress practice, then you can contact us at amcfamily.com. You can schedule a discovery session, or you can access any of our free content, webinars, podcasts, and the like.